0: you can give praise to God and I want to say to my interim minister of music Henry Tyson Henry of all the anthems we were talking about in our worship planning this was the one that I was most excited to hear and choir you did not disappoint praise be to God It is a new beginning at First Baptist Church Carrollton, not just because I'm the new senior pastor or we're still within the new year of 2022. More importantly, we are new creations in Jesus Christ, and he is calling all of us to consider what he is at work at and how he is calling us forward to be more in conformity to his image and his plan in this world. In that light, I invite you to consider a question which may not have been lifted to you in some time. When was the last time that you were lost in wonder? Now, that's an interesting question, so allow me to explain. Wonder is a response of the human heart when we experience something so bold and so beautiful that we cannot help but come away with a bigger view of life and of our hearts in this world. I know that what you're thinking is that, sure, David, I've experienced wonder, and from my experience, these experiences don't come as cheap. And if you're talking about Disney World, you're absolutely correct. I am one who was a proud parent of a three-year-old the last time I went to Disney World, the first mistake I made was not bringing a stroller. Sure, it was fine for those initial days of carrying a little one on my back, but about day two, I had to cry mercy and go and rent a stroller from the hospitality tent. But we were lost in wonder, no moment greater than the fireworks display in the magic kingdom on the next tonight, last night of our stay there. Oh, it was glorious. Us. Packed in there, Maggie on my shoulders, and in the crescendo of that fireworks display, I found myself singing with my daughter at the top of our lungs, let it go. (laughs) But then came a sobering voice over the intercom system. It said, to all who are our guests today, please find your nearest exit. The park will close in 30 minutes. I noticed at that point that the wonder in which I was lost began to fade a little bit, but it soon all but vanished as 50,000 of my new best friends all tried to cram into the same train called a model rail to go back to the parking lot. The parents were cranky. The kids were cranky. And it was then that I began to feel a little bit silly for having spent for life-sized Mickey Mouse ears. Then getting back to the car, fighting traffic to get to the condo, to go to bed, to be able to justify getting enough sleep so that I would get up and repeat the same madness the next day. Can I get an amen? (laughs) We've all been there, and this wonder is not only something that is expensive, as credit card statements will attest, it is also something that fades ever so quickly. We need a wonder that is not only free and accessible to all, we need a wonder that will last. And the question for all of us in this world in which so many things are produced, so many things are contrived, is where? Why, even in the church, sometimes we try to manipulate situations so that we can encounter wonder. Take no other illustration than a TikTok video that was sent to me by our own Reverend Jennifer Gendrich, in which a pastor, trying to replicate the second coming of Jesus Christ, ziplined from the balcony to the pulpit. It did not go as planned. Also, there's the Instagram page featuring pastors' kicks. Expensive tennis shoe wear, which values hundreds, if not thousands of dollars, and which a pastor, by putting on his new Air Jordans or Air Force Ones, is trying to contrive a sense of wonder. But no, there is something better still, and it's called the Word of God. We refer to it oftentimes as the Bible. And in the Bible, the pages are replete with wonder that is in abundance, ready to be experienced, enjoyed, absorbed. Think no further than the first lines which God offers to us in the story of creation. Let there be light. Wonder began because then it was wonder that called Abram, then later named Abraham, to go to a place that God would show him so that he would become the father of many nations. Wonder which inspired Moses to take off his shoes in the presence of a burning bush. Wonder that caused Daniel to steal his nerves as he was being lowered down into a den of lions. Wonder which called Isaiah to say in the temple of God, woe unto me for I am a man of unclean lips as God passed by wonder which called jeremiah to exclaim over the people of israel for god knows the plans he has for you plans to prosper you not to harm you plans to give you a hope and a future and oh so much more but the best one yet is the wonder found in jesus christ who called upon people like you and me to come and follow him for he would make us fishers of men oh yes God's word is the ultimate source of wonder. It is ever at our fingertips, but we as a people of God have to rediscover it. Rediscover it because though it is at our access, so many times we have put so many other patterns or preferences before it. And so much so that we have forgotten that it is the only free source of wonder in which everybody and anybody can be so inspired that they would leave the shackles of the chains of their past and embrace a future in Jesus Christ, which is beautiful to behold. You heard in our scripture today, a people who rediscovered wonder. Under the leadership of Nehemiah, they had now spent 13 years rebuilding the wall around Jerusalem after they had returned from exile all over the corners of the known world. 13 years of trying to reconstruct a wall out of rubble is difficult, let alone when enemies are constantly serving as undertrode, seeking your demise. But praise be to God, the people prevailed and with their immediate safety secure, they were able to turn within their own hearts and ask the questions, when was the last time that we've heard God's word? Do we even remember what it says? Have our children even heard it? And with those things in their hearts and minds, they turn to the priest Ezra and they say, we need God's word right here, right now. Speaking of God's word, I ask each and every one of you to bring your Bibles to church. And if you have it, I want you to open it up to Nehemiah chapter 8, as I will be looking at specific verses, which I want you to read along with me. The people of God's word, in fact, came to Ezra in verse 1, and it says, "...they came as one in the square." They told Ezra, the teacher of the law, to bring out the book of the law of Moses. This referred to the Torah, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, Numbers, the first five books of holy scriptures, which Ezra then read for six hours. And in that moment, the people were not only expressing a desire to have a geographical proximity, they were showing a spiritual unity, a oneness of their desire to hear God's word together. Hear, Ezra. Now, Ezra. As long as you can, Ezra. This is what we as a people of God have been Thirsting for, and we know that there's no other way to satisfy this need than to hear God's voice as reflected through Holy Scripture. Oh, what we can stand to learn just in these first three verses. I think that the collective will that was expressed by the people of Israel is something that in this generation we too have to express. That as a people of God, we make a decision of our wills to say there is only one way in which we can best hear the word of God, and that is together. I was so encouraged last week because in conversations amidst a broader landscape of possible wintry weather, our deacon leadership huddled and came together and made a difficult but correct decision to have worship when so many others decided to not have worship. And though it was not an attendance record-breaking Sunday, it did demonstrate that this church knows the power of together. It represented that which only can grow if we continue in our commitment That is, we express no matter whether it's good weather or bad weather, whether it's a busy season or not a busy season, no matter if the tide won or the dogs lost, together is where we need to hear God's word in this sanctuary. And as surely as we do that, we can set ourselves up for rediscovery of the wonder of God. Without this first step of together, it is impossible to rediscover such wonder. So yes, church, great job last Sunday. Thank you. Praise be to God. Now let's keep going. This next part of the scripture in verses five through eight is five through six rather is one which captivates my heart's emotion. Because in hearing the word of God, the people respond. Verses 5 and 6 say the people, upon hearing the word of God, stand in reverence. They cry out to God. Ezra praises God from an elevated platform they built from him, listening to the people say an exclamation, amen, amen. And then as they fall to their faces in worship of God, as they weep. It goes to show us what can happen not only then, but now. For in that moment, it was God's word which illuminated the presence of his spirit. Now, Was this the spirit that only descended upon them in that moment? Oh, no, no, no. Not what I see in Holy scripture. God's spirit is always with us. Whether we're talking about the Holy Spirit that ignited the flame of the church or the greater kingdom of God, which Jesus spoke about, that is always in our midst and at work. And with eyes of faith, we can see it. What I think happened in this moment is because of the word of God, people understood the proximity of God's immutable, unchanging spirit that was right by their side. And because of that, they were engrossed in worship out of sheer wonder. I think that is a key point for each one of us. I asked in my newsletter this Wednesday that Before coming to church today, every person would spend at least one quiet time in the presence of God before they came to corporate worship. And why is that? Because you too need those moments when you are with Holy Scripture so that you experience the presence of God which will evermore be enhanced when we come together as a people of God. In other words, when we worship God individually, we then have more powerful and meaningful corporate worship. So, as I asked you to read God's word but one time from last Wednesday until today, hear me ask this as your senior pastor. How about every day we make it a goal as a church to spend 15 minutes in the Word of God? 15 minutes. Why, wow, that's not even a whole show on Netflix. Come on, you can do this. 15 minutes in the word of God, and if you need a place to start, look no further than Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But with 15 minutes of word time in the word of God, we will experience his presence of his spirit. And when we come together collectively, we can be excited and anticipating what the people of God experienced here. Response collective worship. In other words, when it's time to sing a hymn, we sing a hymn. And when it's time to read God's word, we read God's word. When it's time to pray, we pray. And when it is time for people of God to respond at each and every worship service in the conclusion, we can have full expectation that God's spirit is at work. And today could be, should be the day when someone says, I want to make a decision to follow Jesus. Now that is a worship that excites my heart. How about you? 15 minutes a day in the word of God will change your lives. Children, youth, adults, let's commit ourselves to experiencing God's spirit all throughout our week so that when we come together, it is but an exclamation point of what we have already received last but not least in verses 8 through 9 we see an amazing occurrence in which God's people are studying his word together yes Ezra the priest Nehemiah the governor and people called Levites teachers of the law go throughout the groups gathered there in the square making sure that they understood what they had heard. It goes to say that these individuals, Ezra, Nehemiah, the Levites, did not just want the people to have an emotional experience. It wasn't supposed to be some superficial treatment of their lives. It was supposed to be them becoming the people of God, and they knew that there's only one way that that can happen— It happens when the people of God obey God's word. Do you want to know what the greatest expression of faith is, especially in the here and now? It's your obedience to what God's word says. James, the half-brother of Jesus, said, do not deceive yourself by being hearers only. It does no good to just hear God's word and let it wash over you. No, we have to be doers of the word of God. And there's no other way to be a doer of the word of God than for you to know how you need to obey and apply God's word to your life. I bet you can know where I'm going here, don't you? Every single person, whether it's the senior pastor or the little children in our presence, needs a teacher of the word of God actively involved in their life, in your life. We need small group Bible study. And I will say through the ministry of the church, I want to promote and I want to underscore the importance of our Sunday school ministry. That every single one of us is actively participating in a small group Bible study where a teacher of the word of God comes along and highlights this is how you take these faith concepts and apply them to your life and that you are in a community of like-minded people who desire to take God's word and put it into action that my friends is why Nehemiah and Ezra are therefore able to exclaim to the people even though they realize how much they've forgotten even though they realize that it has been long since that they have Felt and discovered the word of God and the wonder therein. They were able to say, "But the joy of the Lord is your strength." They send them forward to celebrate in a festival, and I want to proclaim to you today that that is the forecast for any body of believers, especially First Baptist Carrollton in this our new beginning. That when we commit ourselves to hear the word of God together, first and foremost. When we worship out of response to God's word because we are students of his word individually and that we then are celebrating and applying God's word to our lives through small group Bible study, the joy of the Lord will be our strength. In good season and in bad, we will be like that tree planted firmly beside the river of God in Psalm 1 who produces fruit, In season and out, and whose leaf never withers. That, my friends, is a promise that I want to live into, but it does not happen without commitment. Your commitment, my commitment, together as one. And all such commitments depend upon the condition of the human heart. No, not your cholesterol or blood pressure. I'm talking about the spiritual heart within each and every soul here today. And just as the anthem proclaimed, every heart has to be open. Is your heart open? Are you open so much that right now you might make a faith commitment to more deeply follow Jesus through rediscovering the wonder of God's word? If that is your commitment... I invite you to give some measure of expression to your response, whether that be picking up the hymnal and singing the words of the invitation hymn, whether that be praying where you are in your pew, whether that be taking you or your family down here to the altar or coming and speaking to me, every possibility is on the table but the invitation is in some way, somehow, respond as the people of God, Our hymn of invitation is hymn number 395, Open my eyes that I may see. May we, may we see God move right here, right now.